Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Hey, good evening. Welcome to California Haunts Radio. We've got a great show lined up for you tonight. Kind of different topic than uh, get to settle here than what we're used to, but I think you're gonna. I'm not gonna say enjoy it because we're talking about killer cults with William Ramsey, and he should be on in a couple minutes. I see his camera's trying to power up right now. Um, there he is. I see him right there in that green room. Anyway, before we get the show started, my name is Charlotte. I'll be your host for the next hour. I'm excited to be here, and I am also the owner of the California Haunts paranormal investigation team based out of Sacramento, California. We are at www.californiahaunts.org. And this is the California Haunts radio show at californiahaunts.com. It's a mouthful. Um, And at that site, you can actually see all of our archives of the shows going back all the way 15 years from when we were on Blog Talk. What are you doing on the 19th and 20th of February? Again, that's the 19th and 20th. My mouth doesn't want to work. I know what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be appearing at the Mystical Minds Convention in San Jose. This convention combines pagan, paranormal, and metaphysical stuff. And it's got a, there's a lot of guests going to be there. Nasir Mohammed Chohan, Lorian Fenton, Brad Olson, Michael Fury, Drake Fury, Tiffany Turner, Robin Korak, Beth Seligman, and Shannon De, Del Florentino are all going to be there along with myself talking about different paranormal things, but, you know, paranormal, uh, metaphysical, and again, um, ghosty things, okay? So it's, it's a really neat convention. If you guys want to come on down and meet me personally, I'd be really happy to meet with you. And that is, at you know, you can visit their website at mysticalmindsconvention.com and get your tickets there. And that, again, that's going to be February 19th and 20th. Like I said, I'm going to be there, and there's going to be some really cool speakers. And we're going to be talking about all kinds of stuff. So come on down and uh, join the party. Give me my little card here. Okay, see? My own little card. Getting professional here. Okay, tonight's going to be a really cool show again. I have William Ramsey on, and he is going to be talking about a death cult, a worldwide death cult. Um, he's written a book about it, the origins of how it started, and uh, just, and uh, I'm really excited to have him on. Oh, one more announcement I forgot. Meetup.com. We're going to be, I'm going to be hosting a class on February 13th or February 12th at 2 p.m. That's Saturday. And what it is is, uh, you know, because I know there's people have been asking me about pr- uh, protection when you're out at, at haunted places and investigations and even protection inside your own homes. So I'm going to be teaching people how they can protect themselves. So if you're interested in that, you know, we're going to be talking about stones we're going to be talking about crystals we're going to be talking about uh sage we're going to be talking about um sea salt and stuff like that so that'll be on the uh like i said the the 12th of february at 2 p.m and uh you could uh, get those tickets at at, uh, californiahauntsmeetup.com or if you uh wait uh, by tomorrow night they'll be on the california haunts radio website I think it already is. So go <laughs> go visit. The, it's been really busy for me. So go visit the California Haunts Radio website. Go up to where it says extras, and you'll get to our events, and you can sign up there for that. But uh, I'm, you know, I wanted to teach everybody about protection and stuff. So uh, come on down. You know, it's going to be a two-hour class on Zoom, 
and we're going to be doing that. Anyway, without further ado, I'm going to let me move some stuff over so I can see what's going on here. Without further ado, I'm going to bring William on and he can tell you about himself and uh, we get this show going. Hello, sir. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Doing good. Thanks for uh, inviting me on your show. Well, thank you for coming on. I'm really looking forward to it. Okay. I mean, it might be an interesting ride. It might be kind of a dark subject, but... Uh... You don't mind that. Oh, hey, I'm a journalist just like you are, and, uh, you know, that's that's what we do. We have to cover the happy stuff and the crappy stuff and the dark stuff. You know, that's part of the job. So tell everybody about you, sir. Well, I was uh, an attorney. I'm a member of the State Bar of California. I practiced for a while, kind of got disillusioned with that. Uh, was disillusioned with the corporate media, investigative journalism. So I really kind of was doing my own research, and that led me to write my first book. That was 2010 when I published that. It was Profit of Evil by Aleister Crowley. And uh, then I wrote a true crime book about the West Memphis Three, kind of occult-influenced murders. Um, that was 2012. Children of the Beast was 2014, which is about Aleister Crowley's kind of influence upon modern society. Um, so that were those were kind of my intro books. They were kind of all dark, occult-themed, or research into the occult. So I followed that into this kind of phenomenon called the Smiley Face Killers, which is a phenomenon still happening of young men disappearing out of bars and founding dead in water. Hmm. Uh, that's really, so people really need to be careful about that, which kind of led me into just further kind of inquiries into secret groups. And it led me into really this group called the Order of Nine Angles, which I didn't know much about until probably late 2020, August of 2020, a guy reached out to me. Uh, his name is Igor Sarsky. And I have in my own kind of broadcast podcast called William Ramsey Investigates. And he said, have you ever heard of this group? And I, I may vaguely come across certain things, but it kind of tied into some of my other research and it led to this book, which I published in may of 2021 so it's been out almost half a year a little more than half a year i've actually redrafted it in november i i added a whole number of pages like another 30 pages of information because things are still happening with this kind of group the order of nine angles and how it's influenced kind of subtly but through the internet and modern communications influence really events that are happening around the world well i find this interesting because i mean i'm not i'm not a big on politics. I'm not a huge political person, but in watching recent events, I'm just going to say that, you know, the last five, six years, and when you talk about cults and how people can be influenced to to follow somebody, I, that's why I found your book so fascinating. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, that's kind of like one of the big secrets, secrets in human events, really, is are they influenced by cults? Are they influenced by secret groups? And I think my book shows particularly that events do are influenced definitely by secret societies and kind of ideas that are kept um, secret. So uh, that's and whether that happens in a very larger event like 9-11, that mm -hmm. might be another whole story. But uh, certainly there's been people who have died associated with the ideology that's come out of the Order of Nine Angles, no doubt. Um. How could it, how does it cult? Because I was I was noticing like like with the one you wrote about, this didn't just start like in recent years. This started way back, right? So how does something like that take take hold and then it lasts all this time? That's a good question. I mean, I think it started kind of very even before the internet. The Order of Nine Angles uh, was really kind of a male order group 
they used PO boxes out of the UK and it just kind of grew over time. It kind of got disseminated. And I think really with the advent of the internet, it allowed kind of this very on the edge uh, group to have its ideas disseminated easily so or easier. And I think that that's how it got more traction really was the, the kind of core ideology was put together prior to the internet and the internet allowed that to spread. But yeah, it started, I mean, he said that the founder really is this guy named David Myatt who had a very small group. I don't think he was really trying to be, uh, he was going after kind of a popular type of thing. He was trying to be have a secret society, secret members, and that's what he cultivated. But then it kind of grew and morphed. And I think that that it's grown and, and it grew into really kind of was the a bonding or a melding of the occult and far right national mm-hmm. socialism. So that's kind of morphed into the far right here in the States. This group, Adam Waffen and some other groups uh, have, and I show that in my book, they have been influenced by these ideas that came all the way from the UK in the 80s. It's just amazing, like you say, it spread before the internet. I mean, that's a lot of word of mouth to spread. It is, but I think it's kind of like an insight into kind of subgroups or how smaller groups may coalesce or have similar ideas. So maybe you'd see that in white nationalism, or maybe even like far, you know, any kind of ethnic group uh, who have kind of radical ideas have smaller cadres. And I think that that's really what the ONA was, was people who were into the occult. They were in that occult milieu and said, hey, there's another group that's kind of a smaller subset of this. You should check them out. And I think that's how they got members. But it's very secretive. You wouldn't really know. They're, they're not, they don't advertise. They don't, don't wear obvious pendants or uh, have out, you know, very obvious, you know, group meetings or anything like that. So I think that's kind of like one of the other mysteries of this group uh, that, you know, it's kind of very secretive. Their ideas are secretive. And I mean, I think that that's the whole idea is then they have like ideas within their corpus that really are supposed to be shared orally, like person to person. So some things aren't clearly aren't written down. Uh, based upon their idea. So there's definitely, it's definitely very curious, kind of a modern post Crowley, post Hitler kind of uh, uh, cult, really. Well, um, how did, how do you do research on something like that? I mean, what's well, a good question. I mean, you kind of have to dig well, around. Well, I mean, did you go undercover with this cult or no? Did you have to do a lot of research? You know, like you say, digging around. I mean, what kind of digging around did you do? Well, they have like their own, ONA has its own websites. They have their own books. There's actually a book like a, a thousand or 10,000 pages of ONA literature. So, but you can get this kind of central texts have been uh, memorialized into books. So the Sinister Tradition, uh, there's another one called, there's just a different different ones that kind of have the central ideas. So you can read those, but I think it was also the social media Actually, you know, you can look into social media and see what some of these people, especially Adam often, a lot of their chats were leaked. So there's a little, there's, you just have to follow that kind of trail um, to get a lot of catch up on the information. But some of these guys will brag about their occult inquiries. So they have social media where it's them with an ONA thing and showing the book, like the Sinister Tradition, like this one guy, Meltzer, who got arrested. He was going to betray his entire, I think it was a platoon, and have them blown up. 
Uh, but wow. he's actually, yeah, he's in the same jail as, uh, as Ghislaine Maxwell, believe it or not. He's in with the MCC in New York City. Right, so right, that right. was one example of where you could look at the guy's social media, and he it's very clear that he has the book. You don't just trip and kind of come across the order of nine angles, uh, sinister tradition. So, so the research, I was never involved. I've had people, there's some people who've said more or less, there's a lot of postings on uh, like blog blogs and things like that, where you really can kind of get the gist of what some of these people are doing. They also, the ONA is unusual in kind of occult groups because they have kind of learning kind of stories or almost kind of like fables where it's fake, but they're teaching you something through this fictional Mm -hmm. uh, narrative. So you can learn a lot through that. You can tell what they're really up. I think with a lot of kind of what they're going, what they, everything happens at night. Um, But yeah, I mean, they differentiate themselves in the research in their own books. David Myatt's talking to Michael Aquino of the Temple of Set, another known um, occult group from Northern California and differentiating his ideas from my, uh, from Aquino's and it's all written down. So you can see that and you can see what their ideas of how they have different concepts, kind of almost Druidic that separate them from maybe the church of Satan or the temple of set. When you talk about being on social media, I mean, we're not talking dark web, are we? Or anything like that. Well, I never went onto the dark web, so I yeah, wouldn't know. I would. I know this group is definitely communicating using encryption, mm-hmm. and they may have dark web and different terms and things like that. But I never really got that deep into uh, going into that. I have no interest in really investigating those things with that. Uh, you know, some other groups may be in. I guess it's kind of like checking out QAnon because I mean, I, QAnon has their own little. Uh, blog sites and stuff that they like to go on right you know and that's, I know a, that's a good example as a journalist it's like a, and not like i said not being political but as a journalist i mean when all that was going down of course i was i was on these sites under assumed names you know just to see what the hell they were talking about and stuff right no i think that's good that's another kind of subgroup that has their own language they communicate with each other in ways that maybe not in the general obvious vernacular Mm-hmm. public so i think they something similar like that happens with the ona is that they're just they're definitely in their own kind of sandbox jennifer martin asks um what is the dark web i guess she's never heard of it well the dark web is really kind of a non-standard web that you have to enter usually through some kind of tour site or something like that but it's kind of like a separate web where you kind of had what the spice road or whatever it was yeah. And there's a lot of, you can trade in drugs, uh, you can hire hitmen, all kinds of strange stuff like that. But um, yeah, it's definitely, it's just a different part of the web that's really off. It's not on some kind of main corporate uh, servers or anything like that, hidden servers and things like that. I've never been on it either for what it's worth, but I just, I know it exists because I know people that have been on it. You, you can know. go on. I mean, I've heard of red rooms. Like you can have people torch. I mean, just the darkest stuff imaginable. Oh, but yeah. it's very clear that all that stuff happened because Silk Road was real. I mean, that guy went to jail. He was the Dread Pirate, Pirate Roberts. I think they arrested him in San Francisco. The guy's real name is uh, doesn't come to mind right now. But he was definitely involved in trading drugs and guns and all kinds of strange stuff. Now, in your book, you talk about um, kid, you know, these guys kidnapping young men and killing them. 
No, I don't talk about that in my book. Okay. I reference it. You reference it, yeah. So I what? No, no, no. You got to really, really be careful because I've never said that's that okay. this group is responsible for that. That's so my fault. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's okay. And you're not the first one, but don't make that statement. Don't put words in my mouth. That's very okay. dangerous. Yeah, it is for you. I, I completely understand. Well, it can that. be dangerous for you too. Like if you don't want to say that I said something that I didn't say. Right, right, right. So other hosts will really be careful. I try not to do that to other people. If you didn't say it, I try not to say it. So. Okay. Yeah. Sorry about that, guys. Okay. Just make it clear that I misunderstood. Got to be really careful. I read. Yeah, I'm really sorry. Yeah. My question on this, then, uh, you know, in connection with something like that, you know, you hear about these uh, nine these these people that go missing in state parks and whatnot. These nine one one guys. Could that possibly be linked to disappearances like that? Well, it's a great question. And I think that there's a lot of mysterious things that happen in parks, Druidic. Like this group goes out in the woods at night. Mm-hmm. They dress in black. You can see their pictures um, if you redo the research. And their real core doctrine that differentiates them from other satanic groups is they believe in selecting an offer in their own writings. And you're supposed to go out and secretly kill them. So... Uh, that's the step. They have a septenary step. So it's written down in their books. You go through seven steps. And I think to get past the fourth step, you have to select an offer and and successfully kill somebody. So that's in their written work. Um, So all these other mysterious disappearances and deaths that happen around the world, whether it's in the smiley face killing phenomenon, whether it's what a 411, uh, Mm -hmm. forgot his name, but you know, these ones, I don't know. I don't know that, you know, if this group is involved, but that ideology, I can tell you this with something that happened within the last year. After I published this book, there was a young man by the name of Daniel Hussein. You can look him up. He's known as the lottery killer. He already got a name for it in the UK. And he was trying to go out and do something like this at night. He stalked two women in a park in Northwestern London and killed them, stabbed them to death very graphically. But he was trying to make a demonic pact with some entity to get wow. these benefits. He wanted to be rich. He wanted to win the lottery. He'd not, and there's a real subtext of, subtext of like uh, autism and Asperger's and a lot of these crimes. He, they're actually, they sentenced him, found him guilty. They're trying to assess his psychological state to have the correct punishment right now. But uh, he was on a group called Balg, which is Become a Living God. And one of the guys who was running that, and these are other researchers that found this out. His name is Daniel D. Simone, uh, excellent journalist out of the UK. But he found out that Balg is run by a guy by the name of E.A. Coetting, who is a writer. He found that though he's a writer of this ONA literature. So this ONA literature has made its way from the States through this person or these ideas all the way to the UK that what happened in two young women just out for a night. I think they were celebrating somebody's birthday. They ended up getting killed. So these are real world events that are taking place by influence from writings that have been uh, disseminated on the internet. I just find it so fascinating because, you know, it has spread like it has. And like you say, before the internet was even there, because now with the internet, my God, everything is just <clears throat> instantaneous. You know, when it spreads. The other thing I was thinking is when I think of a cult, I think of that Tom Cruise movie. Which Eyes wide shut. Oh, right. Yeah. You know something like right. that going on, right. Right. but to hear these stories and a lot like and like 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 you think you know we're gonna say you think we're not gonna say you know, you know you know the the military you know people in the military and all this is going on you know it's, I guess it's well I guess you know 
in a way, it makes sense because of what happened in San Francisco, you know, with the Presidio. Right. Because of, the, because of the satanic stuff that was going on there. So it makes a lot of sense that there's a lot of these in there. But it's surprising because when you think about it, like that guy was what, a, a general. Right. When you're, uh, you're right. I think he, it was uh, Aquino made it to, yeah, I think he became kind of a high-ranking psychological operations figure. Yeah, yeah. So this is what's so fascinating about it. But at the same time, it's terrifying because these people have a lot of power. Right. I mean, that's that's you don't know who's going involved in the cults and some of these uh, eyes wide shut parties, you know. So uh, the they have kind of those kind of these things in the ONA, which are kind of external rituals where you're supposed to be with people mm-hmm. and uh, do rituals. So whether they're celebrating that or not, I don't know. I don't think that this group is really that as popular as another group. I bet that, I mean, people have tried to get a number of how many real followers. It's probably in the low thousands. It's just that their ideas can be disseminated to so many different people who could be involved in the occult. And they even admit it, like the ONA says, we may have members or people who are really following our doctrines, but they never associate with us. And that's fine with them as long as they're this kind of accelerationism of the occultism, the ONA has kind of a long-term view that they really want to leave the world and become homo galacticus. And they have to get rid of kind of the dross of humanity to achieve their intergalactic goals. I mean, that's really some of their central doctrines. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's very strange. But, yeah, I don't know how – I don't know – I mean – how many of these cultists are really practicing all the time? Mm-hmm. I guess they would know. I wouldn't know. I'm never, not a member of any group like that. I admire you for even doing the research and putting this together because I remember working even in Northern California in a newspaper and they had me work doing a story on the KKK. And that was, to me, that was the most, one of the most terrifying stories I did because, I mean, the threats were coming in. You know, why are you nosing around and all this is going on? So for you to take on something like like this, of of this proportion, oh, my God. Well, I had been experienced. You know, I had already kind of done the research in other books. Mm -hmm. So this was kind of something that I was interested in. And nobody had really put together a book up until I wrote this one. So I think that this, that was kind of like, this is something that I really wanted to write about. I do think it's dangerous, but I don't, I don't get in myself into positions where, you know, I don't go out at night and nobody lured me to a park at midnight, you know? Right. So right, I, right. I definitely take precautions, but I did precautions when I was studying Crowley and the West Memphis three. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> this, I think it was important because I think that this is a real da- warning sign of dangers of a lot of things, dangers of uh, ideologies on the internet mm-hmm. where young, typically men who are vulnerable, who may be atomized and not really functioning well at school can, get get these ideas in their head and they end up in trouble you know they end up dead or they like if you read through all the deaths of my book some of these adam waffen members killed each other so their their sons never grew up and both of the ghost guys who had killed both had were not well adapted so they may have become better people in the future but they didn't get that chance because they were killed by an ak-47 another guy giampa who was kind of a porch member of adam waffen killed his girlfriend's two parents just came home and said, hey, this guy's bad news. They turned out they were right. He really was bad news, and he shot and killed him. And then he tried to shoot himself. I think he's I think he's not like in bad shape somewhere in Virginia. 
And then another Adam Waffen member killed a guy in Orange County. His name is Blaze Bernstein. And he was just a pre-med student. And something strange happened. He either got lured, or lured out. And some of these cases are still taking place, by the way. So the guy who, who allegedly killed him, Woodward, uh, I think is still in jail. So I don't even know if the trial's taking place in Orange, Cal- Orange, Orange, California. So it's kind of in sure. the southern part of L.A. Sure. And then there was another killing that's definitely tied to the ONA. His name was uh, Will Gilham von Nudigem, who who's clearly is on tape walk, walking up to some innocent guy and slitting his throat. And that happened outside of, or in the suburb of Toronto. That's a fairly recent case. I think that happened in 2019, 2020. So when I was really researching these, this book, like these events are happening as I'm researching. So I'm like putting more and more information into the book as this is happening, because I don't think uh, people got the wide angle view of the international character right. of these events. And that's kind of why I have the title of the book. And that was what I was trying to impart is like, these guys are clearly communicating with each other. Adam Waffen's communicating with Sonic Creek Division in the UK. There's people coming to and fro. And just like this Daniel Hussein situation, he was communicating with somebody in the US. And a lot of that seems to have been what inspired him to make this blood pact and kill two innocent women. So, and it's ha- there's all kinds of cases happening in Russia. Uh, there's groups. One of the problems with this group is that they're, they kind of create a cellular almost like a communist system or a communist group where they all come together in small groups. They call them Annexian, mm-hmm. but they're seeding this group, ONA, all around the world. So there's little Nexians, Toronto, Canada, U.S., U.K., France, Italy, Russia. And so you're just seeing these people with this terrible ideology causing a lot of mayhem. It almost, you know, it almost sounds like the mob, you know, because, I mean, the, the, there's one Don that controls everything yet, the, the, you know, every little city has, has has little sex of it. And there's a guy that controls that city and blah, 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 blah. And they're all in communication, right. even from jail, even. And no, that's, that's what this kind, of, this, kind of, this kind of sounds like. Yes. And getting, back to, and getting back to the not missing 911, I mean, what, what you're saying about these guys just disappearing on camera. I mean, there's several cases with that where in Switzerland where this guy left the hotel and he's walking down the street and they got him on the on the police, you know, the, the, the public camera, and then he just disappears. Like he just disappears from the camera or he leaves the camera site and then disappears? He leaves the camera site and disappears. Right. Yeah, I would love to know that case because I'm accumulating these cases all over the world. Yeah. So my second book, or the second film that I did, which you can see on Vimeo, is The Smiley Face Killers, The Global Slaughter Continues, where these things are happening at night all over the world. Mm-hmm. UK, Netherlands, France where young men or people are out, they're not that drunk, not always drunk. That's what the right. assumption is they're drunk and they fall in water. My take is that they're somebody, they come across a malfeasance, they come across somebody bad and something bad happens and then they're later found in water. But the, the fact that they're found in water is an easy way for the police to just write up, you know, accidental death and move on. Right. So right, right. I think that that's, and they're the, the men, the, I've got like three or 400 cases. So it's happening all over the world in the States. And it just picked up again after COVID kind of is dying out. So in Chicago, uh, they've had some in some of these other cities. They just found another kid. But they had three people, three men uh, disappear and found in water in Chicago, I think, in the last three months. Wow. You know, could it be a case, too, that maybe you know how young, guys, young people are, especially in college, 
you know, they're, they're starting to spread their wings about, you know, their, their political wants and religion and stuff. Could this be a case of kids that, that or young, younger people that, that want to go look into this? And so they, they kind of start looking into it. Then they think, well, it's not for me. But they've already, like oh, in the, I mean, I hate, I hate to say like a, like a movie thing, but you know what I mean? Where they get in and they're checking things out and they think, oh, no, I don't want anything to do with this. But by then, they know, they know enough that could get this cult in trouble. Right. That's interesting that you say that because one case comes to mind that my study, and you can look it up. His name was Tommy Booth. Mm-hmm. And it happened outside of uh, Philadelphia, ended up in water. A lot of these guys are ended up found in water that have already previously been checked. So police have already gone through the river. The people have walked through and then they're found in this very obvious place. So Tommy Booth, you can look into the Tommy Booth case, but he, the, my understanding is that after he went missing, people were saying all the, the group that he was hanging out with was trouble and he didn't like that. He had some real reservations and it just sounded exactly what you were talking about. So he's one case that comes to mind. And there might be others like that, but the police, uh, they've just, they they either, I don't know what's going on, but they, I don't think that it's easy for them to understand this type of criminality. So they mm-hmm. don't really look into those kind of cases. Although it has happened in the past. I mean, there were cases, I think in California, there was one case where these three guys were Satanists and they wanted to sacrifice somebody. Her name was Elise Pollard. And it was outside of like Santa Barbara. They literally wanted to sacrifice her to Satan and they did. And they went to jail. Um, but it was for occult meanings. That was their motive. And usually the police or other people, um, they don't key into that. But some of these abductions, I got to give credit to the cops. This is one uh, case outside mm-hmm. of outside of Lansing, Michigan, where they had a guy. His real name was Kevin Bacon, just like the actor. And he disappeared. He was on a gay app. And he disappeared, and the police, to their credit, went to where he was last seen, and they found a secret dungeon in the basement. Uh, they found like a hit, and there he was. He was he was murdered. And the guy's name, I think he's still he's another one that hasn't gone to trial yet, but a very suspicious guy. And maybe he there was other people that he did that to. So um, there's some d- dark characters out there, and uh, I do think that that these phenomenon of the young men being found in water is yeah very sinister. And I think some people know this kind of MO or technique because they mm-hmm. know they can get away with it. Well, that brings to mind the, the, the calling card of the mafia with people like the whole thing. And I talked to uh, an author a few, a couple weeks ago who had said one of the calling cards for as an insult with the mafia, when they do a killing, they'll pull the people's pants down all the way down. So they're naked from the waist down. And this thing with the water could, like you say, it's a call. It's it's essentially a calling card. Right. It's a technique, and the mob did actually used a lot. Used to dump a lot of people in the water in New York. So it's not like somebody may have got this mo. Sure. And said, hey, we can do this too. Or maybe the mob. I just don't. There's something strange about these cases because the young men are college. They're intelligent. See. But they're not like in the mob. So you can kind of tell that these are, in my opinion, they are random events. There is some selection process, in my opinion, mm-hmm. taking place. Uh, and there's many cases like that. And there may be selection taking place. These guys are on the gay apps and somebody may see them and say, this right. is it. Uh, there was one case that I studied in detail. His name was Dakota James out of Pittsburgh, PA. And it looks to me like he was pre-selected, which is unbelievable. But I think that's really what happened because he had already been drugged and found by a friend in the same city before he disappeared finally. So 
They were there. I, they they a lot of these guys get in troubled situations. They may not know how profound the trouble is. Well, when you think about it too, I mean, the older people that are in this cult have kids, maybe college age kids, and maybe they're maybe the kids are involved, or the sons or whatever are involved in it too, and so that the, you know they're on the ground the ground floor at the colleges. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they had. I think there were two cases out of Minnesota. One was Chris Jenkins. I can't remember who the other kid was. They had a bloodhound who traced their scent to a Catholic university somewhere. Like they traced it far away. So I don't know how sophisticated the bloodhound scent is, but Mm -hmm. it seemed like somebody had transported these guys out of or out of like downtown Minneapolis, St. Paul to another campus. So you know, I don't know what goes on in the dark web. I don't know what goes on in Fet Life, but something there's an underground, probably for every taste, whether mm-hmm. you're gay, S and M, pedophilia, bestiality. I don't know. So this guy who was doing the who killed Kevin Bacon, whose name I can't remember, it was uh, Cole Oleski or something like that. He was on. He was actually a male. He had been married. He had kids. And then he became a male prostitute. So he had a website where he was renting. It was like rentme.com or something. Oh, wow. But he was still on the gay apps. And he had a boyfriend, too. So there was, yeah, really strange things going on. I wouldn't be surprised. That, and I don't have any evidence, but I wouldn't be surprised if that wasn't the first person he did that to. Jerry has he did a, horrible stuff. Yeah. Jerry has a question. He says, tell me a little bit about the, the Hollywood cult. If that, if, that, if that might be connected. I don't know. I really don't know. There's a lot of strange things that happen out of Hollywood, but I think there's a lot of secret societies and there's a lot of inside kind of probably sex clubs and, and cult type stuff, but I don't know much about that. I've done an interview with a guy who says that there was a Hellfire Club in the, in the 30s and 40s in Hollywood, mm-hmm. and that Hellfire Club was something that goes back to old England Franklin was involved in. So these kind of uh, drinking sex clubs aren't something that just popped up with eyes wide shut. They're, they're gone back. Sure. Centuries. Yeah. Sure. 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 And all the uh, investigating that you've done, what is the worst uh, assault that you've seen? Well, that's a good question. I mean, there's a lot of them. I would say the Von Nudigem one, which I talked about earlier, there's a literal tape on that. You can look it up online so you can watch him kill the guy on uh, CCTV. So that one was pretty bad. Mm-hmm. The, all these ones involved the ONA are pretty graphic. They're pretty bloody. Um, yeah, the Daniel Hussein was really bad. We talked about that. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there, I think there's probably other things where they didn't get caught. And it's interesting because the Daniel Hussein had that same in his writing. He was saying I was going to commit these crimes and not get caught. So he was he knew that he didn't want to get caught, but he was he wasn't luckily uh, very competent at that. So but uh, they're all they're all really graphic. I mean, you can read through the book. It's not it's a, there's a lot of bloody stuff and a lot of really bloody doctrines. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What type of person do you think goes in for something like this? Well, that's a good question. I think that there's a different types. I think people who are just somehow drawn to the occult would get caught into this. I think they would be in the general occult. 
Uh, I think maybe loners, racists, really. I mean, I think that this group particularly is very racist. Like they love Hitler. They've idolized. They're really kind of esoteric Nazis and uh, Hitler as kind of uh, avatar instead of antichrist, I would say. So those type of people in this particular group, but the occult attracts anybody who, I mean, it's always the same power, money, sex, do without wealth, those kind of concepts. So it's a pretty wide net and how many people stay in, how many people get out, you know, I don't know, but uh, there's been other groups. I mean, you can talk about, uh, you know, Scientology is a cult. Right. You can talk about uh, what's that other group. It's the, uh, Oh, what's their name? They wore capes and stuff in the sixties. So there's been other groups like that have pretty dark ideas. Do you think, the population, and I'm not naming groups or anything like that, but do you think that people that I'm not going to say weaker minds, <laughs> not going to use that term, but um, well, let's do it this way: people in the United States, you know, we've been going through a lot, and do you think that people are ripe to get involved with these cults? Do I think they're right? Yeah, ripe. You know, you know what I mean? ripe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I think it's certain social social events. Mm-hmm. create the, the the kind of fertilization for these things. So I think a lot of the people who got involved in Adam Waffen or ONA have a very nihilistic worldview. They don't believe in God. They're definitely not Christians. There's a very strong anti-Christian view mm-hmm. in, in the ONA. So I think they're all those people, and they're, they, I think, have lost faith in a lot of things, a lot of institutions. So that's why they grew. grew. And that they're usually young and uh, – that's their kind of uh, this is where the group that they think they ought to be to write it out. Like a lot of their doctrines, there's a book called iron gates. It's all like post-apocalyptic stuff, post-industrial really dark things. And I think that that's some of these groups that came out of the sixties, that was the same thing. They were in the kind of shadow of the nuclear bomb. They thought the world was going to end. And so that's why they got involved in these groups. It's just interesting. Like you said, when you look through history, you know, at the different, groups that that have come along i mean even i mean let's just we'll talk about even charles manson the process the process was the one i was trying to remember right the process church of the final judgment right you know so you look at people like that and the influence that they had because like 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 you say these people were just right for for something new something different because what they were going through in their lives or whatever and it's frightening it's frightening what's happened the last few years because you see stuff like that happening and and sometimes the people that are involved in this stuff don't realize they're involved you know to them they're to them they're doing god's bidding or or whatever you know but you know little but but they're slipping further and further into this stuff right and i think that you're going to see something what happened in the last two years with covid Mm -hmm. and the psychological impact upon society at large is going to give rise to all kinds of strange things that will come out because people kind of live through something they thought that was going to be the end of the world. And I think that a lot of stuff, and I mean, I'm not giving the Germans a pass. Right. After World War One, there was mass inflation that wiped out all these people's money and value. And they, made, they I think that made them more ripe for an autocrat like Hitler. And so mm-hmm. you're going to see maybe some of this other, I mean, we're basically kind of like run by a, medical autocrats in a lot of ways are technocrats. So mm-hmm. you're going to see, I think a lot of strange things come out where people may not uh, have 
those kind of values of liberty and freedom that maybe they used to have because they want they want safety and security more than that so i think that this next generation is going to be what i find frightening about the whole thing is like you know not only are these generals you know not to say not to say all the generals are involved but there are you know there's probably high-ranking military people involved in this and our politicians are and that's what's really frightening the people that that we voted into office not not all of them but there are some that probably are involved in this Oh, yeah, I think so. People ask me that, like, uh, do you know anybody famous who's in the ONA? Do you know any politicians? And the answer is I don't. But I wouldn't be surprised at all if they're not, if they're involved in Eyes Wide Shut, especially after Epstein. There's a very strong subtext of kind of elite occultism in him and all of his group. And so these ideas didn't come from out of the middle of nowhere. They're they're percolating through the darker parts of society. So I wouldn't be surprised if the people who formulated the ONA got it from somebody else. And they've definitely in, integrated other ideas in there. But uh, yeah, people ask me all the time. Actually, if you want to really see a depiction of the ideology of the Order of Nine Angles, watch a video called Bad Habits. And okay. it's shocking how much they know about the ONA. It's not coming, it's not an obvious. They don't tell it to you or recite it to you, but it's basically about a guy who goes out at night, is a vampire, drinks blood, you know, flies around. It's by Ed Sheeran. Okay. S-H-E-E-R-A-N. Watch it. You'll see the smiley face symbol in there, but uh, you'll see the blood, the vampirism, the transformation. So he actually transforms at night and becomes something else. That's all Order of Nine Angle stuff. It's, a, it's off the charts. Like, they're really just restating the order of nine angles and all the lyrics are like that too i just meeting somebody i hardly know i want it to end this won't be my last one so he's meant like listen to the bad habits by ed sheeran it's incredible what do you, what do you find so terrifying about this cult just the, just their uh depravity and i think it's really just about their attitude towards other people is very much the nazi where you're actively trying to fulfill evolution by selecting a sacrifice so the you're looking at this you know selecting and killing somebody as the for forwarding for humanity like you're doing humanity a favor that's the idea is mm-hmm. you're trying to progress and that's their idea of progress and a lot of that was very nazistic like they were going to kill off the intermission the jews and the poles and the russians um so you that's kind of like the macro warfare ideas but on a singular level, that's what's dangerous. And the, and the thing is, is the way the group is formulated is they're not really that obvious. So I think that that's, it's really an ideological is really the scariest thing of all is that ideology. All they need is one out of a thousand, one out of 10,000 people, right? Mm-hmm. You don't need to, but if you get one monster who thinks that he can go out and hurt somebody, that's really where the trouble is. How fast is this spread across the world? What's a good question? I don't know. I really think that they knew that they were formulating an idea prior to the internet. And when the internet really hit in the mid nineties, that's when more and more people. So they actually internally, they talk about three different, they say that they're at the third stage of growth. So I think the first stage was putting together the corpus of the books and the ideas and then trying to disseminate. And now it's really kind of, it's become more global. There's definitely Nexians or, or cells of this group. 
at least in the Western world that you can tell by language. Like some one popped up in Philippines, Russia, like I said. Mm-hmm. Um, they were affiliated with the death of two death and church burning in Russia. So you don't really know the totality. The insiders probably know, but um, yeah, I think that that the internet really uh, gave rise to a lot of st- a lot of communication, darker communications, and ONA was just one of those things that happened. Not just with drug trafficking or pills or hitmen or stuff like that. This is just one one of those things that happened because that the the advent of high-powered communications really gave rise to do you think i mean with, with the rise of QAnon, QAnon, i hope i'm saying it right do you think there might be a link there no i don't no. think so okay. i don't think that there i mean maybe the person on an ona member is is goading on the QAnon, but i think the QAnon is a lot different it's kind of like a psychological operation and a lot of those people are being deceived I think the first QAnon post or drop was Hillary Clinton will be arrested. So I think you can actually go back and see that. She's clearly not arrested. So that should give rise to like some suspicion in the QAnon community. <laughs> but it doesn't. They actually had something where they told people that Robert Kennedy, Robert Kennedy Jr. was going to appear in Dallas. Yeah, 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 yeah. Three or 400 people went out to go see him. Like they didn't, they were, they thought he was going to appear. And I think that goes to the credulity of human human species is like, wow, you guys, there's people out there who are gullible or really want to believe. And I think that's, a, that's the power of belief with QAnon. So I think the ONA is a much different kind of beast here. But I still, but that's what I mean, though, is I mean, there's so many people like, it's frightening, you know, <clears throat> that took off like, like it did. Right. So it makes you wonder how many of these, how many of these people are gullible enough and, and, and messed up enough to get involved with something like like this other cult. Yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, I think it's a dangerous time. So I do think that this group and groups like it will probably uh, grow and rise as long as the government isn't kind of trafficking down. I mean, they had a huge bust last year. Uh, one guy who was part of the Temple of Blood was revealed to be a informer, FBI informer, who got paid like $150,000. Um, his name was uh, supposedly, allegedly, uh, was one. His name is Sutter. But um, so I think the government's trying to tamp it down. There's actually kind of Congress has mentioned a lot of things about the Order of Nine Angles. They've tried to ban it in the House of Commons and um, the UK. So they seem to be much more on the, the radar of... Uh, Groups that it's actually not some kind of hyper fringe group that they take that the ONA is much more serious of a threat. But you know, <clears throat> it all it takes is one impressionable person. I mean, they had one guy, he was known as the London Nail Bomber. It was back, I think, 1998, but he got involved in right wing national socialism and set off three bombs in London with the intent to damage as many people as possible. And he really did. He blew blew off people's legs. And that was a perfect example of this young guy who really thought he was doing something good and hurt a lot of people. And uh, he's known really well as the London nail bomber in in the UK. So uh, it just takes one to cause these problems. And the same thing, Christchurch was another one. If you see a lot of these uh, white lone wolf guys or Dylan Roof, these guys are praised within these communities. And uh, 
they caused a lot of suffering and pain. I never made a connection between Dylan Roof or the guy who did Christchurch with the ONA, but there's definitely they're in that same kind of stew. They're in the far right uh, message boards and communication with some. Something happened to Dylan Roof. He got radicalized because the people said he used to hang out with the black kids all the time. So mm-hmm. something happened to him when he was younger. <clears throat> got in and became an impressionable guy and into a church. So um, it's it's yeah, it's not good. It's not a good situation, I think, in our society. So I think you'll see a lot, some more of these uh, unfortunate deaths like that. Yeah. Was as secretive as this as this group is? How long how long did it take you to do all the research? Or you had help with the research, but how long did it take you to put the book together? Well, I, I started it in August and I published it in May. So it took me about six or seven months. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of research. I had a lot of pictures and uh, I had trouble. Uh, I changed the formatting on Amazon, but it kind of just came a lot. Some of these books I've written in five books. Now they just come because I'm doing the research anyway. I'm trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So a lot of ways they just kind of coalesce in themselves. And that was a that was kind of a perfect example of one of those books where at a certain point, I had the research done because I had read everything. So I didn't go, I'm going to write a book, and mm-hmm. then I'm going to do the research. I had done all the research, and it was really just categorizing it and laying it down to make it cogent, you know, flow. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> so that was really it. I mean, I, I think it, it happened pretty fast. And there was, like I said, there's a lot of other people writing. There's a lot of guys uh, that I can take think of offhand who've done research into this, into their social media. You can look up Nate Thayer. Daniel D. Simone, who I mentioned, another guy's name is Ali Winston, Jake Hanrahan. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those guys, it's a different kind of style of research. It's a modern one because it's not like reading newspapers. These guys are following their social media. So you mm-hmm. see a lot of these pictures, like I said, and a lot of them have this ONA regalia uh, that they've captured in time. They've copied these pictures. So, um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of other people kind of looking into it very much in, interested in, in these guys. A lot of them went to jail. Adam Waffen kind of got wrapped up. They got a new name, but that was a fairly recent group. It really only formed in 2015. Mm-hmm. And I think by 2021, they don't exist at least publicly anymore. But, you know, those a lot of the far rightists, they're still in the groups. They just have different, they rebrand often. Mm-hmm. And that happened in the UK as well. So you see these kind of groups rebranding. Well, that's but, understandable so, though. What do you think is, is is the common thread that links all this together? I mean, I think it's a good question. I think it's 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 kind of like a will to power, and I think that that's what attracts people to these groups and attracted attracted people to Nazism, and maybe the more uh, feral, aggressive ideology. So I would say that this is just another ideology and maybe other ideologies that go back in time. But I think that that's, that's the attraction is really to have a group where people can get power mm-hmm. and for whatever reason they feel impact, they don't feel powerful um, or they feel slighted or aggrieved. And so that's why these groups are attracted, attracted to them. When you think about stuff like this, what do you find so terrifying about it? When I think about this, I mean, I just think of it's the global event. I think that that's kind of like before 
the advent of the internet, I think that you had ideas, but they only happened in small places where people had to coalesce together. Mm -hmm. So you had to have outposts or go to rural Idaho or something like that. What makes this different now with some of these groups is that those limitations on geography don't exist anymore. So these people mm -hmm. can communicate and share ideas um, much more in a much more efficient and uh, global manner. And I think that that's kind of like why part of my book is really a warning. Like you got to really watch out and be careful of some of these ideologies and some of these, I mean, murders. I think that really, and I've done a lot of work on kind of occult related crime and FBI's opinion of crime and things like that. And I think it's a very evident from my research that occultism, some occultism leads to crime. And that was something that the FBI does not accept. I accept that after my research that ideas like this, you know, some other black magic kind of ideas do lead to desultory um, negative outcomes. Mm -hmm. During your research, were, were you able to get any information on what goes into joining something like this? Do you know, like if there's any initiation rights or anything like that? Yeah. I mean, I think that their initiation and what you have to do to become a member is fairly well laid out. And I lay that out in my book. So uh -huh. you became kind of like there, like I said earlier, the seven step way, the septenary way. Um, <clears throat> you have to advance on that and you start out by doing physical challenges. And then they want you to go out in the darkness in a forest area and lie on your back from sundown to sunrise. So that's one thing you have to do. You also have to kind of bike for a long period of time or do very uh, strenuous activity is part of it. Um, then you, you do like this offer that I said, mm -hmm. um, you kind of practice different magic chants. So you're supposed to learn chants. And then they have something called insight rules, which is you're supposed to integrate yourself into another group and learn from them. And, and they encourage you to subvert it with ONA ideas. And the, the character of David Myatt was you kind of not what you would expect from an occultist in that he was learning the occult also in the far right politics, but also 18 months spent and he spent in a Catholic monastery. And it didn't, the Christianity didn't seem to rub off on him, but mm -hmm. the ritual and the chanting did. So a lot, so the ONA has its own kind of uh, religious chants that you can listen to. Actually, this guy I talked about earlier, William Von Nudigem, his his ONA chant is still on YouTube. So you can just look him up and you can see him practicing their religion. They have the trapezoids. So you're trying to capture energy through crystals. They do have a lot of different stuff. But, yeah, you can find out the initiation process uh, very easily. Um, you know, it's kind of like blood in, blood out. They supposedly, if you leave them, they can have the right to kill you. That's what they wrote. So it's kind of like the mob. Some of the newer ideas, the, the original ideas have been morphed and changed. So there's been other people adding to the original core ONA doctrines. There's some stuff that looks like it's from the mob. Like the mob... When you, you actually draw blood to become a member of the mafia, at least uh -huh. I think you used to. And then you write on something and you burn that. So there's rituals like that that are similar to that also in the LNA, believe it or not. How big do you think this has grown to be? 
I don't think it's huge. I mean, I think that the ideas are much more prevalent than the actual group itself. So I think that if you look at the example of my book, like the Adam often is sure. being influenced by the ideology, but that doesn't mean everybody's a member of the LNA. Mm-hmm. So I think that really those ideas are being disseminated through uh, the far right groups. At least they were until they kind of got wrapped up, like I said, a couple years ago. But I think these guys are mm-hmm. still around. But you see the insight role sensibility where these guys are joining National Guard or trying to get military training. So you kind of see that uh, hap- happened a lot, really, in the last five years. So you see the ideology I think, in my opinion, my read, the ideology is more influential than the actual group of people wanting to join the group itself. Well, that makes a lot of sense, too. I mean, I mean, even with my ghost hunting team that I have, when I started off with the ghost hunting team, I looked at other teams to see what they were doing. I, you know, Dr. Google, you know, and I'm out there right. figuring, okay, this looks really good. Let's try to see if we can apply this on the apply this to what we're doing. So what you're saying makes a lot of sense. Where uh, where other Groups, we're not going to say cults, but other groups would be looking at their their stuff and then, then borrowing little little things from them or borrowing here and here and there from them. Right. I mean, I think that that's kind. Of, I mean, I think that that actually was what Crowley was doing, the OTO mm-hmm. was doing, the AA, the Astromar Gentrum, which is associated. So they're taking ideas from uh, yeah, the earlier groups and cults, putting them into their own kind of format. And I think that the process church did that. And so did the order of that angles and the temple of set too. So yeah, you get a different kind of hodgepodge of ideas um, in each one of these types of groups, but I think they're learning from each other. You can tell from the old original ONA material that it's been edited out, but they had kind of cruelly ideas. But then at some point they said, strip that, let's go and just make all of these ideas ourselves and, and try to, present ONA kind of as a totally original kind right. of uh, cult, cult uh, ideology. Another thing that comes to mind is, you know, you mentioned, you know, the killings of the uh, of the younger people. Are, are there animal killings involved in all this too? Well, that's a good question. Um, there's a lot of blood drawing and stuff like that, personal blood drawing mm-hmm. and some of these rituals. Whether the, there's animal sacrifice, you know, I didn't come across a lot. I don't recollect coming across a lot of that, mm-hmm. but uh, there's some of these guys online that are, that are up to no good. And there's a lot of actual like kind of like disturbing pedophilia and mm-hmm. child porn. A lot of these guys have really graphic pornography that may have come off the dark web. So they get caught and then they find like really seriously disturbing child porn mm-hmm. and that's actually something that has been found on separate incidents with people in some of these groups who've been arrested whether it's adam Waffen, sonning creek fewer creek some of these other newer kind of offshoots far right offshoots where have in your research where, where have you found it to be the most prominent the uk and the u.s i think okay. is really it i mean i think that that's kind of the English-speaking world where it came out of is really, I think, much more prevalent. But mm-hmm. like I said, there are little cells, Nexians, in places that may not even be public. I mean, you can just see some of the tracings on their um, social media, so you know that they're in these other countries. But 
Yeah, it's uh, really disturbing. Like there's different, these, a lot of cells in the UK, different parts of the UK, college towns, things like that. And the US definitely has its own. I mean, they're the, the Temple of Blood that's in South Carolina flat out said, we are a Nexian of the Order of Nine Angles. We are a subset of this group. So, um, and you can actually go on to Facebook. If you're on Facebook, you can go on and type in Order of Nine Angles and you can see some of these different group Nexians. People are putting time and energy into advertising and, and showing ONA ideas. And there's been a couple kind of ONA bands. There's been, you know, chants and music that's based on, uh, on the ONA. One I know offhand on YouTube is nameless therein. So you can kind of see these guys are uh, up to no good. Fantastic. William, I want to thank you for coming on. I so appreciate it. It was the most fascinating hour I have had in a long time interviewing somebody great well thanks for having me appreciate it and i really you can get really the book on amazon it's on amazon or my website william ramsey investigates absolutely all right sir well, i want to thank you again for coming on and if you run it if you if you know i'd like to interview you about your other books if that's possible anytime i sure, would love to have you on you know and uh, west memphis three prophet of evil yeah. about crowley crowley's influence that would yes. be absolutely fascinating so well well I'll, I'll shoot you an email later but yeah, thank you again so much, and have a good evening. And I, like I said, I really appreciate you coming on. This is a very interesting subject, very interesting. And people need to be aware. You know, the, the sad thing about it is, you know, people need to be aware of it, but not get too deep in it. You know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, the, like the, the mother of this young boy who was killed, she had no idea what Adam Waffen was, what their ideology uh -huh. was, what her son was maybe up to. So... I would say you do not. In, and some of the parents, I feel sorry for the parents of some of these kids who got caught, got caught up in the Adam Waffen stuff too, because there's m infinitely more productive things people can do with their lives. Mm -hmm. And I think the parents may not have known how deep their kids got before it was too late, and some died. So it's really a shame. So. All right. Well, thank you so much, sir. My pleasure. Take care. Have thank you. Bye bye. You too. Bye bye.